we could try to explain what it feels like to get your work done on a John Deere. The way a Z-Track mower finishes in half the time you thought it would. Or how much easier it is to move mountains of soil with a 1-Series tractor. We could even go into detail about how it feels to tow up to 4,000 pounds behind a Gator XUV. But if you really want to know what it's like to run with us, you just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Walk into a stadium, 8,000 people, they all want you to lose. But as long as you got your 26 guys ready to kick ass or kick butt, you're going to be all right. Sorry, I swear. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of the Shock Factor Podcast, where I'm joined by a very homely Jordan Schusterman and a very mobile, very mobile Jake Mintz. Fellas, how are we doing today? I'm in a car. Um, you never know when you got to keep moving. And in this time of the year with the postseason afoot, I mean, teams could be traveling all over this this large nation at the drop of a hat. Um, and I'm proud to say that I am one of the at-large selections. Uh, and so I'm in this car ready to scoot wherever need be. Uh, speaking of scooting, this podcast is going to scoot with a high pace. OK, if you're I, I would I would stay ready for high energy and, uh, and quick facts, because this show is going to preview the entirety of the Division One baseball postseason. All 64 teams. We're going to say something about each one of them, except for Oklahoma. Jordan? <laughs> yes, because instead we will tell you something about UC Irvine. Just kidding. Uh, yes, we're going to go down the left side of the bracket and then down the right side of the bracket. We are going to talk one, at least one thing about every team. That is all we can promise. And as Jake said, we will try to be as efficient as possible. We are so excited. It is Tuesday morning. The tournament starts in three days. And Stephen Schock, where better place to begin than at the very top with the number one team, the number one overall seed, and the best team in the country, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, who will be hosting the Winston-Salem Regional. They are the one seed. The four seed is the George Mason Patriots. The two seed, the Maryland Terrapins, the Big Ten Champs. The three seed, the Northeastern. We play the Red Sox Huskies. Stephen Schock, Wake Forest, number one overall seed, best team in the country. However, as we know, number one overall seed, Kind of not a good thing. Only one number one overall seed has ever won the whole thing, and that was Miami in 1999. Are you worried about Wake Forest, Steve? Good place to start, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not super worried. Obviously, they're ranked number one in the nation for a reason, and it's because they're really good at baseball. But what what makes me unworried about them is how chill all the dudes are. Like, I met them at the ACC tournament. I would, I would hang out with just about every dude on that team. Um, they just want to have fun hang out with the boys and play baseball together, like plain and simple. Sure. They have all the talent in the world and they're like the best at doing the thing we talk about people doing. Um, but I think the reason they're so good at it is because they have that talent and they just play super loose. And I know a lot of people were worried about whether or not they'd host after, uh, not, not winning the ACC tournament as everybody knows that's the pathway to hosting. So, 
Uh, it's good to see that they still recovered, still are the they number. They snuck in. Still snuck in, and, you know, bubble team <laughs> made it in. But, of course, you get Rhett Louder, who you guys will see in the MLB at some point soon if you're into that sort of thing. Um, and a lot of his friends will be there, too. Like, Sean Sullivan is an incredible pitcher. And they're doing this all without Teddy McGraw, who is one of their aces coming into the season. He got hurt, but, you know, with the way they've situated themselves and positioned themselves just based on facilities and technology, they have the ability to, you know, kind of take pitchers, especially this is one thing that's really helped them is they can, when they get a transfer pitcher in from another school, they take them into their pitching lab, which is this great high tech facility tells you all parts of their body. And that's when they decide how this person's going to pitch. So, for example, they have a transfer from Dartmouth. I can't remember his name right now, but he closed out one of the games in the ACC tournament, and he only threw one fastball. And at Dartmouth, he threw more than one fastball every outing. He relied heavily on his fastball, but his off-speed stuff and his breaking balls are so good that they got the numbers on it in the pitching facility down there, and they were like, all right, we're going to throw a lot more of these. So that's just kind of a look into how they're doing it, but they're doing it really well. So that's the thing. If you're new to the world of college baseball, that's what I would say you got to know about Wake Forest. A couple of things. They're the number one team in the country. It's not a question. They're the deserving number one overall seed. Like, don't even think too hard about it. The other thing is they've invested a lot, like Steve said, in pitching tech and pitching development before a lot of these other programs did. And they didn't reap the benefits like immediately. But they are now they play in a super hitter friendly ballpark. And so the fact that they have developed this level of pitching is even more impressive. Right. And maybe necessary. They're like, oh, we need to miss bats because if you hit a pop up here, the ball will go out. Um, I think that's it for Wake Forest. Anything else on them, Jordan? Well, I, I just want to say, like, we've we've seen them have big boppers, you know, Will Craig and Gavin Sheets like they have those again. Right. Brock Wilkin. Nick Kurtz, like this offense is also really good, but the reason they're here is because they have the best pitching staff in the country. And that is what is going to carry them likely all the way to Omaha. And that is the last thing I'll say about Wake Forest. If they don't win at all, will it be a total failure? No. If they don't make it to Omaha, I would say that is a massive, massive, massive disappointment. They've not been to Omaha since 1955. If it's not going to happen this year, obviously this is still a good program, but the pressure is on in that respect. Steve, Let me fly through. Yeah. I'm just going to fly through the rest of this regional Jordan. Uh, the number one uh, seed Wake Forest Demon Deacons will be facing the number four seed George Mason Patriots, the legends of March Madness, the darlings of March. But sorry, my friends, this is June. Well, it's about to be. How did they get here? They won the Atlantic 10. Pretty impressive. First time since 2014. They have a kid on their team named South Trimble. Great name. They steal a shitload of bases, 158 steals in 38 games, which is fourth in Division One. And their head coach is former MLB reliever Sean Camp. Not Sean Kemp, the NBA guy with all the kids. Sean Kemp. Yes. Not, sorry, 38 games is not a lot. That's the wrong number of games. But yes, 158 steals is ridiculous. And that is how they do it. That's how the Patriots do it. They're not the only Patriots in this postseason, but they are the ones uh, that we have not seen in a while. The other matchup in this regional will be the number two seed Maryland Terrapins out of the Big Ten, the Big Ten champs, taking on the Northeastern Huskies from Boston and at large selection after they failed to win the CAA on the final day, falling to UNC Wilmington. But this team deserves to be here. Big wins for them throughout the year. Guys to know on the Huskies, Danny Crossan, Mike Sirota, who's a real draft guy for next year. I the, the funny thing to know about about Northeastern is, yes, they do play the Red Sox every year 
And I love how the Northeastern baseball website treats it like it's any other game. <laughs> so like the article will say like, um, Huskies fall due to Red Sox late surge. <laughs> right. Whereas the headline should read Huskies lose because Red Sox are major league baseball team. <laughs> uh, but they'll be, they'll be faced with the Maryland Terrapins. Jordan, you want to talk a little bit about the Terps? Yeah. I mean, Terps, uh, I got to see a lot of them over the last few years. They have the most homers in the tournament. The fact that they're sending the team with the most home runs in the country, or at least in the tournament, uh, sorry, FGCU, you're not in the tournament, uh, to Wake Forest is a, is both kind of nuts and also potentially very, very, very fun. Uh, they play in a small ballpark too, but this team rakes, and the pitching's been good enough that here they are. They haven't lost a Big Ten series since 2021. Yeah. I will say, thing to watch in this tournament, or in this regional last thing, is Rhett Louder, who's the best pitcher maybe in the country, not named Paul Skeens, will almost certainly not pitch that first game against George Mason. Mm -hmm. And that means that he will pitch the second game almost certainly against Maryland. Right. We'll, we'll see be, about we'll see about Northeast. Northeast is good. Northeastern beat Maryland in a midweek. No, I understand. Year, so, but not, yes, I, I agree. The right. second game. I'm just saying. Yes, mm -hmm. I would assume they will save louder. We will see all of Wake's pitching uh, is very, very good. All right, yeah. Steve, let's move well, to the Tuscaloosa Regional. Steve, we watched the selection show together, and we saw the Alabama Crimson Tide were very disappointed to see that they were the 16 overall seed matched up with the Wake Forest Super, but they are still a one seed, and they are hosting. Go ahead, Jake. And that hasn't been their biggest disappointment this season because their former head coach, Brad Bohannon, if you've been paying any attention to college baseball, you know the deal with this story. Did a little uh, jambling with some buddies on the phone. It's more complicated than that, but all you got to know is their coach, was somewhat involved in betting on baseball, and because of that, he is gone. But since then, Jay Jackson took the reins, and this team is hotter than the face of the sun over the last month, and they are steamed to be the 16th seed. Yeah, they were probably the least happy when they cut to them uh, relatively. Uh, but Steve, what you, what you like about Alabama uh, that has nothing to do with, you know, this gambling off the field? Uh, I was just going to say the fact that there's no rules. What we're seeing with Alabama right now is just a bunch of dudes who are playing for each other. You know, your coach gets canned halfway through the season. I know you said, what, what can I talk about? That isn't that. But that's so important to talk about. Because you come to these programs and you get this coach who's like, guys, we got to do this. Like, I'm going to motivate you all season long. And then he's like, oh, by the way, I, I got a bad beat. Fellas got to go. Um, and then they just turn it on. They turn on the Jets. You know, they started that with that series win against Vanderbilt, which is a very good baseball team. I was kind of surprised to see them down at 16, but also... You know, anytime there's scandals going on and stuff like that, the NCAA probably isn't going to give you favor. Um, Ooh, that's a good point. Like I that, even, honestly didn't even think about that, but yeah, nice conspiracy I mean, there. I like I, it. <laughs> all, all about the conspiracies, but, you know, I think it's going to be a great regional. They're going to take on Nichols, who you guys know more about Nichols than I do, but they did beat LSU once. They split a series with them this season, one-on-one -on -one midweek series, and you know, you never know when flashes of greatness are going to come out in the tournament. I just want to quickly say about Alabama, Jim Jarvis mm -hmm. for them is just like a Jake Mangum type mythic SEC baseball figure. Like he's not nearly that good. Like he's hitting 284 this year. But when they show the video of the kids at the SEC tournament in Hoover, like who's your favorite player? And all these kids are like, my favorite player is Jim Jarvis, Alabama. Like he's that kind of guy. <laughs> 
I think also on Alabama, um, Tommy Seidel or Seidel, I'm not sure how it's pronounced. I think he might be the oldest boy. Harvard Ooh. transfer was at Alabama last year, turns 26 <laughs> in October. This is a, a legitimate uh, adult male who is very, very good, a big part of their lineup. But yes, Nichols, the Nichols Colonels, they are the four seed. They won the Southland. They're be- they have one of the best pitchers, probably one of the better four seed uh, aces in this entire tournament. Jacob Mayers, 193 year in 70 innings, 97 strikeouts, 55 walks. Probably not the most fun at bat for Jacob Myers, but if he can keep it in the zone, I like his chances to hang in there. Uh, but yeah, first time in the tournament since 1998. And Jake, you, I mean, Nichols in a weird, weird, weird place in, in Louisiana, correct? Yeah, not in like a weird place, but just like Google where this is. Like type Nichols College into Google. Flippado. That's Tip a fun down. place to right, say. Like, with all due respect to the University of Louisiana at Lafayette, Raging Cajuns, these are the Raging Cajuns. Mm. Like, this is the bayou. Nichols is down there, man. It is a wet place. <laughs> yes, it is. Great way to put it. All right, let's move to the 2-3 matchup. The Boston College Eagles out of the ACC. What a season for them. Some people thought they should have hosted. We don't have any Northeast Regionals. They would have been a great candidate for that. They will be taking on the Troy Trojans. Uh, Steve, I know you know a little bit about BC out of the ACC. They've Steve, certainly, I, know you, um, I thought you were going to say, Steve, I know you know a little bit about Trojans. <laughs> well, I could have said that, too. I know a little bit about both. A little bit about both. Uh, what? Yeah, what you got on the, on the Eagles? It would have been really cool if they hosted because it would have been the first Northeast regional host in like a decade, I think. That would have been at home and they got new facilities up there, which would have been really cool. But you know, Travis Honeyman, he might he might come back. He's been a little banged up. But Nick Wang was someone I was really impressed with at the ACC tournament. Like, yeah, I knew nothing about him coming in. I went in completely raw and just I, I watched him. I was like, oh, my God, this kid's got to be one of the better hitters in college baseball. And then I looked him up and he's only hitting 238, but he has 10 jacks. And I was like, what, what's going on? Kid's just hot right now. I think I think yeah. he's clicking, which could be really good for them because you're going to need that coming into the postseason. So he was a he was at Holy Cross. He was a Holy Cross transfer. He was I believe he was the Patriot League Rookie of the Year last year. Transferred to BC, and yeah, I I whenever I watched BC this year, I felt like he was getting huge hits. And then I look at his numbers. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? But uh, if Honeyman comes back, that is a very good offense. Him, Joe Vitrano. Uh, and then they've got two D3 legends on the mound. Andrew Roman out of the pen. And then uh, Chris Flynn has just been amazing for them. Both of those guys out of the CCC. Shouts out to Roger Williams and Salve. Uh, Jake, anything on BC? You want to tell us about the Trojans? I'll tell you all about Troy. They are an at-large selection out of the fun belt, 18 and 12. And that conference will do it considering how stacked it's been this year. Best players to know Shane Lewis and William Sullivan. He is the biggest of boppers. They have a transfer out of the pen. Zach Fruit, Mr. Fruit, Papa Fruit. A lot of strikeouts for him. 89 errors in 59 games is the most out of the field uh, in the tournament. I've actually been to this stadium once, peered in from the outside. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm curious. So, you know, sometimes you look at high fielding percentages and you're like, oh, well, they're on turf. Is Troy, do they just play there a bunch of rocks on their field? Like, what's up with the fielding? I think oh, they're I on didn't watch all their errors. They have a great <laughs> field. No, it's not, it's <laughs> yeah, not it's turf. It's Bermuda, though. It's not turf. Well maintained. Okay. Bermuda. 
Yeah, well, okay. well-maintained Bermuda. I, 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 I believe as long as they haven't changed in the past seven years from when I played. There. <laughs> but like going through the rosters, fun like their stats because like you go through their lineup and it's like okay, William Sullivan, he's batting three ten with sixteen bombs. That's pretty good. And it's like okay, Caleb Bartolero, I believe I'm saying that right. Bar- yep, three oh five with fifteen bombs, and then you scroll down just a little bit to their sixth best average at two ninety one. Shane Lewis. And he's got 27 ding-dongs. Sign me up for that. I'm here for Shane it. Shane Lewis, Juco transfer, was unreal at Chipola, I believe. But yeah, a ton of strikeouts, but 27 home runs, I think top five or six in the country. Yeah. So um, they're fun. But yeah, hope, let's clean it up. No errors uh, in, in the regional, please. I was going to say, this is the type of thing, like this regional, sending Boston College down to Tuscaloosa like is kind of shitty for them. But to see the Northeast, like, grit and grind Boston College Eagles from a cold weather against the Troy Trojans, right? These are the matchups that you you get in, in June. And I'm amped to, to watch that one. Jordan, why don't we get on a plane and head down to Miami? Yes, let's do it. Coral Gables Regional, the number nine overall seed. It is the Miami Hurricanes. They will be hosting, and they are the one seed facing the four seed Maine Black Bears, the 2 3 matchup of the Texas Longhorns against the Louisiana Lafayette Ragin Cajuns. We begin with Miami versus Maine, another fantastic juxtaposition here. And as Steve pointed out, as soon as we saw them on this election show, everyone, they looked so they didn't look very excited. That's because they know it is about to rain. I haven't even looked at the forecast, but if we know anything about the Florida regionals, particularly the South Florida regionals, we know. Know, it gonna be pissing at some point and we gonna see teams getting pulled off the field and i was like all right we'll, we'll start back up at 10 30 local time and it's gonna get sloppy but all you need to know about miami on uh, in terms of the actual baseball team is that they mash i saw the team in person uh, against pittsburgh earlier this year Johanny morales of course gonna be a first rounder but kafis cj kafis zach levinson blake's here all these guys mash and on the mound the stuff is awesome the command the execution a lot of walks a lot of kind of messy innings not as great but there is a lot of talent on the mound with guys like rosario gage zeal andrew walter certainly out of the pen but again the narrative of this regional will almost certainly be the rain and i'm gonna check there I'm, I'm just gonna check the forecast now because i'm curious uh google miami weather and you will see a whole lot of clouds and lightning bolts which is never okay, really great. what you want I, one thing about this cold. miami one <laughs> thing like, about this miami main matchup i love mm-hmm. all right if you want to go from the university of miami to the university of maine here's what you're going to do okay you're going to go on us one for mm. about five miles you're going to take uh, you're going to go onto the Florida Turnpike, which is I-95. You're going to drive for 1,725 miles, and then you're going to get off uh, for about two miles, and then you'll be there. To get from the University of Miami to the University of Maine, you make two turns, and you drive I for think, 26 hours. So is that – I guess it's not quite the end of 95 because 95 goes all the way up to the Canadian border. But that is – yeah, that's about as far as you can go on 95. That's pretty awesome. Toronto to Coral Gables. <laughs> Two turns, 26 hours, baby. Um, the Maine Black Bears. Steve, tell us about the Maine Black Bears because they are out of the America Beast, not the America Least. You can't call them that because they're in the postseason, which you got on the Black Bears. Oh, wait, go, wait, go one, one thing. Steve, how much money would you pay for it to be called the Stephen Shock America East? At least seventy dollars. Like, like realistically, okay. if I had unlimited money, I would probably give like I, I don't know how much that would cost. I would give like a hundred thousand dollars. 
to the program. People are always like, people are always like, what would you do if you won the lottery? Steve's like, I would give ten million to each America East baseball. Program. I would, I would buy tournaments. That's all I would buy. <laughs> I would just, I would make myself be more important. That's all I would do. Yes. But no, Maine, um, they, they have yes. a beautiful facility up there. So obviously they're going to get better. But it, it's just, it's good to see an America East team going to a big regional like this. And I'm hoping they can show out. They, they've been consistently good. I remember every year I was in the America East, we were like, okay, Maine's going to be at the top. It's kind of surprising to me. I haven't been to a regional since 2011 because. They've just always been a very good baseball team in my mind. So it, it's interesting, but, you know, they're a good team. They were fun to play against. I mean, I remember playing against them in the conference tournament and they kind of stomped us down the drain. So I figured they'd been going to regionals more and more. Yeah, but all, all, all that you need to know is that uh, Steve once struck out Jeremy Pena. That's really all that matters. Yeah. The one guy you have to know, or two guys you have to know in the main lineup, Quinn McDaniel, one of my favorite players in the country. Very excited to see him like on a high quality ESPN broadcast, <laughs> which <laughs> you can't really get very often for the American East teams. So excited to watch him for sure. Jeremiah Jenkins is also a big hitter for them with 20 home runs. Let's move to the 2-3 matchup. Texas against Louisiana. Texas, a team... Of course, they're here for the millionth year in a row, or at least what feels like it. Is it the most inspiring Texas team? No. Are they actually pretty good? Yes. Dylan Campbell has been there for a while. One of their better hitters, Garrett Gilmet, the USC transfer, has really come on lately. One of their better bats. Of course, guys like Porter Brown, Eric Kennedy, we're familiar with them. On the mound, Lucas Gordon, LeBaron Johnson lead them. X-Factor for Texas, by far, Tanner Witt. Came back from TJ a little under a month ago. Still building up. Don't know exactly what his pitch count role is going to be, but Tanner Wit is a impact talent if he is going to kind of they're going to really let him loose and he has incentive to pitch as well as possible of course he wants texas to win but i mean he could make himself literally millions of dollars if he can have like a cade horton type postseason that's what i was gonna <laughs> yes, say i just you saw this yes yeah you took the words yeah. right out of my mouth this happened last yeah. year with cade horton it will not happen again like yeah. it is impossible for that to happen again well, it's impossible. And also like Kate Horton had a head start. Kate Horton was pitching well by the middle of April, like Tanner Witt. It's happening much later, but the talent is there to really get a lot of attention pitching well in the regional. So um, it will be very interesting to see how they use him. As for the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, they are Cajun, they are Raging, and they are in the postseason, which we weren't totally sure they were going to be. But here they are out of the fun belt, more fun belt teams, the better. We love that. Uh, Carson Rockefeller, one of the best names in D1 baseball, also one of their best players. Their catcher, Julian Brock, has big pop. Uh, 161 steals in 57 games, which is third most in D1. Uh, very impressive uh, there. And then that's that's what they're going to have to do. So if you're on the mound for Texas, uh, they're probably going. So keep an eye on that. Uh, and if you're a catcher, Garrett Gilmet, you will need to be keeping an eye on those uh, those base runners for the Raging Cajuns. Now, I would like to share some info about why they are the Raging Cajuns, mm -hmm. because Please. it is one of the most unique names we have in college sports. Mm -hmm. And they used to be the Bulldogs, right? <laughs> and they shared that name with uh, Louisiana Tech, I believe. And then in 1963, the football team had a lot of guys from the area. Uh, and the coach just changed the football team's name to the Raging Cajuns. Now, he changed it to the Raging Cajuns, mm -hmm. okay? And they changed it to that for a while. And then in 1967, a couple years later, they changed it from Raging to Raging. 
which I like, which what? is more authentic and rhymes a lot better. What? And my favorite thing about the Raging Cajuns is that on the logo, the apostrophe is a pepper. I don't know if you've noticed this, but the official logo for the school, the apostrophe at the end of Ragin' is a fucking pepper. And it makes it look like a fast food restaurant. And I have no notes. I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's a great call. Jake, in your research, was there any time they tried to add a G to Cajun and be the Raging Cajuns? I think it would be the Rage. It would read like Raging Cajuns. Oh uh, yeah, I guess that would make sense. So that would make that's what probably nicks that one. But yeah, no, they're a spicy team to play against. I don't know how the gumbo is in Miami. I don't know if that's gonna play play a role here, but hopefully it won't. Hopefully it won't. I like I like Louisiana. I think they'll they'll be I'm I'm, I'm glad they're in. I think they're fun to watch. All right, let's move to the eight seed in Stanford, California, the only California regional, the only regional west of like Oklahoma, like Stillwater, I believe. This is the only regional west of Stillwater. So think about that. The Stanford Cardinal, the number one seed, the number four seed, San Jose State Spartans, the 2-3 matchup. Texas A&M Aggies against the number three seed, Cal State Fullerton Titans. We begin with Stanford. Steve, one of your favorite teams. We saw them in Omaha, been Omaha the last two years. And my favorite thing about this Stanford season is that all those famous guys that we all know, including some new ones like Malcolm Moore, freshman guys, all those guys are still there. Tommy Troy is going to be a first rounder. He's awesome. Carter Graham's been hot lately. Braden Montgomery, all these Malcolm Moore, Drew Bowser, all these guys are great. Alberto Rios, who had eight at bats last year, has been their best hitter. I have tried to see if he was actually in Omaha last year at all. I know he was like sort of like their bullpen catcher and was just like totally benched. I think he would be catching this year if Malcolm Moore hadn't come in. He has been a revelation. I again would encourage everyone to go read Aaron Fitz's story on him uh, on D1Baseball.com earlier this year. But they just dominated the Pac-12. They're they're on the mound. They're it's a little a little little lighter than they have in years past. But Quinn Matthews is great. The bullpen's good. Ryan Bruno, uh, Brant Panzer. Stanford's awesome. I'm gonna ride them again. I think they're gonna be back in Omaha again. Uh, I'm so impressed with them. And they got they got to hold it down for California because uh, not, not a lot of other California teams <laughs> getting a whole lot of respect. Um, Steve, who is your of all these Stanford guys? Who is your favorite? And then I will tell you about pick San one. Jose State. Pick one, Steve. Pick Carter one. Graham. Just one. Carter Graham. Carter Graham. Good pick. Good yep, pick. He was I, I got to say, with us. good guy. Yeah. Carter Graham, really, really bad start to this year. And I was like, was he a pumpkin? Like, what, what happened here? Like, did this was this all fake? And he's he's been really good lately. So good to see him heating up. Uh, yeah, he's San Jose good. State Spartans, the Mountain West champs. Steve, I know, you know, their pitcher, Jack White. A lot of people know Jack White. Well, they don't know this Jack White. Now they do. He has definitely been their best arm. Uh, they do have some good hitters. Dalton Bowling, Hunter Dora. Uh, Dora, but my favorite thing about San Jose State Spartans player I was watching uh, coming into the year as an interesting draft guy, Charles McAdoo, the cousin of NBA Hall of Famer Bob McAdoo. So that's pretty freaking cool. I like that he's playing baseball and not basketball. So we'd love to see that. And uh, yeah, we'll see what the San Jose State Spartan can can, can do uh, driving up the road. Don't know what road that is because I don't know anything about Northern California. Jake, you were just there. Do you know what the road is from San Jose State to Stanford? That's the 853. No, sounds like you don't. Sorry, what, what was it? The 853. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, you're making that up. Thank you. Uh, nope, let, I'm not. Oh, oh, you don't. Okay, that was the, <laughs> I couldn't tell uh, if you were so saying that with confidence or not. It's funny because it's literally the 101. Oh, perfect. I'm looking at it on a map. Now it's literally the 101. <laughs> 
Okay, so I could have made that up, and that would have been the answer. That's where Zoe went to school. So oh, that is true. That's yes. actually pretty close to where Zoe went to school. Yeah, everyone assumed that this would be um, Santa Clara, and instead it was San Jose State. Um, but yeah, that's the Spartans. Uh, Jake, what you got on the Texas A&M Aggies? One of your favorite teams to watch, right? So I feel weird about the Texas A&M Aggies because Jim Schlossnagel, their head coach, is an interesting guy. He's the guy, if you're a casual college baseball fan, who keeps getting interviewed during games and bad things happen to his team when that happens. He's interesting. Their pitching coach, Nate Yeske, is a friend of the show, and he's really interesting. But this is the most boring team in the field. I really don't have a lot of thoughts about them. They lead the country. They're good because they, like, battle at bats and draw a lot of walks, which is, like, not great television. It's good to win ball games. Mm -hmm. They're kind of, like, meh on the mound. They are the team that I am the least passionate about in the field. Sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, Steve, I know that um, – I mean, yeah, that's that's where we're at. They have foul off a ton of pitches. I will say the one difference between them last year and this year, Jace Laviolette, freshman, huge power. He's a guy, Texas high schooler last year, very late in the spring. Pro teams were like, wait a minute, this dude's ridiculous. Why isn't someone just pay him out of high school? Didn't happen. Goes to AM. He's got a bunch of home runs, so he's been very fun. So I think he's the guy that can give us a, a fun moment in a way that the rest of the team is just going to grind out, you know, 17 pitch at bats and it won't be fun. Uh, Steve, the you said to me on the selection show yesterday that college baseball is better when Cal State Fullerton is in the field. Mm -hmm. They are the three seed. What you got on the Big West champs? You know, I just... Augie Garrido coach there, so obviously you want them to be good because his legacy is important to college baseball. But he made them a powerhouse, and they kind of they've kind of fallen since then. And so to see them back in the postseason is really good to see. They're Nate Nanklin. He's a good Nankill. Nankill. Nate Nankill. Nankill. He's good. Um, Brendan Bobo got pop. All these guys are good. They have the talent. It's just a matter of them piecing it together in this regional. And in classic uh, California baseball, uh, there it doesn't like I, I imagine some of its ballparks, some of its pitching. Their 34 home runs in 53 games are the fewest of any team in the tournament, so they will not necessarily be be out slugging the opponent. Which, if they have to face Stanford, might be a little bit challenging. But maybe they'll show up. Brandon Bobo had a billion homers in the Northwoods League last year. Maybe he can uh, do something there. But hey, again, 41, 41st tournament appearance which is top 10 all time of all programs. So it is nice to see Fullerton back in the field. Let us move to Baton Rouge back to Louisiana. We go. You guys know about LSU? You guys familiar with this team? I've heard about yeah, them. I've heard about them. Okay. I've heard about them. Right. Yeah. We saw them live. Okay. I'm going to, I'll give the brief overview here. Okay. I'm going to fly through this regional Jordan. LSU, the one seed Tulane green wave, the four Oregon state, the two Sam Houston, the three LSU story of the uh, college baseball season. No shade to Wake Forest. LSU came in with the most stacked roster. They were number one in the country for a lot of the year. Definitely tailed off towards the end of the season, and they are the number five overall seed in the field, but they are still incredibly dangerous. Things you need to know about LSU. Paul Skeens on the mound when he is pitching, it is appointment viewing. I feel very confident that he will not start against the Tulane Green Wave and their 40 losses. Okay. Paul Skeens will start the 1-0 game of the regional, and when he does, you need to carve out time for that. I will be in Paris, France, when this game is happening, and I will be sitting in my hotel room watching Paul Skeens. 
Sorry to my family. So uh, Dylan Cruz is the big bopper on this team. He's going to be the number one overall pick. He's one of the greatest hitters we've ever seen in college baseball. He also slightly tailed off down the stretch. Now, by tailed off, I mean he was hitting like 310 instead of like 480. But I'm not worried about him. And then Tommy White, Tommy Tanks, who hit all those home runs for NC State. He transferred here. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's the deal. Like anything else about LSU? Well, we could talk about them for like seven whole podcasts. No, I know. I mean, the thing is, is that they have been very, very beatable when Paul Skeens has not pitched. And I know they were already talking on the on the D1 pod yesterday. Like, would they risk it? And listen, Tulane, you sh- if you can't beat Tulane with your two or three or four starter, then you don't freaking deserve to be considered one of the best teams in college baseball anyway. That's kind of how I feel about it. All, you know, all due respect to the 40 loss green wave. And so I agree with you. But also, it's been so messy otherwise that we will see uh, if they if they I agree. I think it'll be Skeens in the in the 1-0 game. But yeah, they are. Um, and if they don't make it to Omaha, too, it is a complete massive, massive failure. Not complicated. It is a massive failure. Uh, once um, once you get to Omaha, who knows? Saying championship or bust in college baseball is insane, but they better get to Omaha. So, yes. Yeah, I think. Right. I think we'll see Tulane just beat someone in a weird way. I don't know who it's going to be, but I, I, I just got a good gut feeling that they will get to 20 wins. Um, <laughs> not just because my friend Billy plays for them, but I really believe in them. I really think they can do it. Uh, so yeah. that's what you need to know about Tulane. They are Their record, this is not a typo or a, a mistake, they are 19 wins and 40 losses. They got into the tournament in the American because everybody gets in participation trophy style. And then they got hot at the right time and they won the tournament. And now they're 19 and 40 and in the field and their reward is they get to play LSU. Now, talent wise, this team is probably better than 19 and 40. They're probably like closer to a 500 team. Probably underperformed during the season. You don't get hot and win a conference tournament. If you totally suck ass, that being said, it's very bizarre that they're here and we wish them the best yeah and i think we can keep going yep yep they yeah that's it's that simple good if they can hang in there with lsu it will be it will be an all i'm glad they're there i'm glad they're there because you could have argued they should have just gone to wake forest but i don't think they're the worst team in the tournament so um it's weird all right let's move to the two three oregon state against sam houston oh my goodness this is a spicy one so the first thing to mention about oregon state is that they have a lot of history with LSU. So if they match up with LSU here in the 1-0 game or at some point in this regional, people will know these fans do not particularly care for one another. Uh, After uh, Oregon State was eliminated by LSU in the 2017 World Series, the next year they beat LSU in the Corvallis Regional, of course, go on to win it all. Um, So, yeah, Oregon State and LSU is an interesting uh, semi-rivalry. On offense for them, Travis Bazana. We know Travis Bazana from Dananda. He's one of the best hitters in college baseball. Uh, So you'll see him and Garrett Forrester leading this Beavers offense. Gavin Turley, huge leg kick from the freshman, massive power. We could see him hitting some homers off the scoreboard in left field. Pitching not quite as dominant as it has been in years past, but they do have some good guys. Trent Sellers, certainly a guy that stands out for them. And yeah, Adley Rutschman played there, which they will be able to say forever when Adley you know, goes into the Hall of Fame. So huge dub, <laughs> huge dub uh, for the Beavers on that front. But Let's move them aside, guys. Let's spend some time on our beloved Sam Houston Bearcats, the three seed here, the whack champs. They are the most whack team in all of the land. And listen, are we biased because we hung out with them in Round Rock and we're a huge fan of everything involved in their program and their broadcaster, Jason Barfield, and their coach and all those things? Yes. But, gentlemen, they have the most hits in college baseball. They have over 700 hits this season. What is More this? than any other team. 
what is this, Kelly Clarkson? <laughs> All these hits. <laughs> I mean, they've been just just pumping them out. Uh, and it's pretty amazing. They have a, a and, and you know the pitching. Uh, yeah, who's to say? Who's to say? Who cares when you have that many hits? Who needs it? Who yeah, needs that's it? a waste. That would um, that would be but, unfair if they had the pitching. Steve, you love Sam Houston. We all love Sam Houston. Love so him. give him some. Give him some more love. So Tyler Davis, he already has a hundred hits on the season. That's great. That's grand. That's a lot of hits. And you might think, wow, to have one kid doing that, that's incredible. That's crazy. Joe Redfield is two hits away from 100 hits, and if he has 100 hits, that will be the first time in Sam Houston State history that they've had two players with 100-hit seasons on the same roster. So that's really cool. I really love random stats like that, but I just like the Bearcats. They fire me up. They play with a lot of energy, and they, they play with a lot of fun. Yeah, they're they're a great time. Walker Yannick, their catcher, is going to be a high draft pick next year. He's been on fire down the stretch. And Tyler Davis is a crazy story. This dude started his career at Wichita State as a pitcher. He ended up going to junior college and then transferred. He ends up at Sam Houston. He's basically been a pitcher only for a few years. He threw the most innings for Sam Houston two years ago. Now he's hitting full-time as a 24-year-old year six guy, and he is raking. Just by far their best hitter. Just a ridiculous season, ridiculous tra- trajectory for Tyler Davis. Bearcats, please eat em up. Bearcats versus Paul Skeens on Saturday. Sign me the fuck up. I am so I, I mean, I know we saw them get stomped by LSU um, in round rock, but uh, who cares? Maybe this is a great opportunity. Hey, everyone. We're going to take a quick break from our discussion to hear a couple ads from our sponsors. Hey, pet parents. Are you searching for the perfect place for your dog to play? Check out Camp Bow Wow. Our safe and supervised doggy daycare and boarding ensures your pup gets the socialization they crave while giving you peace of mind. With our certified staff and clean and spacious facilities, your dog will have a blast making friends and staying active. Join the Camp Bow Wow Pack today. Your first day is free. Visit us at CampBowWow.com. Franchise opportunities available. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. For revenge. All right, let's move it to Lexington. Steve, oh no. Yeah, you are. Big mess here. Lexington, Uh, no no hospitality, much like Jerusalem circa year zero. There's no room at the inn for any of these players. Um, But they have a country concert a girls' high school softball tournament, a track meet, everything going on this weekend. And what does that leave for the regional team showing up? Dorm rooms for you. You're going to stay in the dorms. And the reason Jake I didn't think- see the story, Jake is reacting in live in live to, to, what, to this, this yeah, news so, that came out overnight. So go ahead. So Steve. these players are going to stay on campus in dorms where they will be charged by the school $92.50 per night. No continental breakfast from the looks of it, but the reason this is stupid and the reason I think this is stupid and the people on the internet that are like, oh, well, the dorms are nice here at Kentucky. Glitter on a turd, still a turd, first. Second, 
you are going to play the most important games of your baseball career. You do not want to feel like you're about to miss freshman orientation (laughs) before going to those games. Like you want to be in a hotel, fucking around with your friends, being an idiot, being a jackass, because that's what we do. And you want to have fun. Like you want to be in a hotel and you want to have wet eggs. Exactly. Who's supplying the wet eggs in these dorm rooms? I don't understand. Uh, Here's the thing about this. What is most embarrassing is, first of all, we had a situation like this last year, but that was Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern, all all due respect to their program, that's not necessarily a team or program that's like, but it starts the year thinking we're going to host a regional, right, in Statesboro or whatever. So if we don't have hotels enough for Statesboro, Georgia, fine. Okay. Lexington is clearly a, a problem here, but the reason why this bothers me is like no program has figured out the uh, the RPI better than arguably Kentucky or Indiana State. And so if you're going to do that and you can't even actually host anybody, like you're going to go through all this, you're going to figure out a way to basically ensure you're going to have a top five RPI. Obviously, they played well. Kentucky's a good team. And then you have this as your hosting situation is embarrassing on many fronts. It sucks for Ball State, the four seed, the West Virginia Mountaineers, number two, the number three Indiana Hoosiers who have to go there and live in the dorms for uh, a weekend. But also, I mean, honestly, this just makes me root for the three other teams. (laughs) It's not it's really not that complicated. Like I want West Virginia. I want Blaine Traxel to be falling off the top of a bunk bed and then beating Kentucky's ass. (laughs) (laughs) The, the real life equivalent of this, if you don't know what it's like, is if you, one of your buddies invited you over for the big game, for a big sporting event, and you get there and there's no seven layer dip. That's kind of what's happening right now. Like that. It's exactly like that, that. Let down. It's like that. The lack of a fundamental need. But um, I still think the teams will play good. I agree. Uh, Steve, let's actually talk about the baseball team. So Kentucky, listen, Kentucky's good. I'm not, I, we're, we're, this is embarrassing from a, from a, you know, school front and organization and preparation front. That's fine. The baseball players, it is not their fault. They have some very good baseball players, including one of them who played for the same baseball team as Jake. It's really nuts. That's like the craziest thing, right? Is that in 2017, I was a member of the Washington Bears. In 2018, a year later, Jackson Gray, the best player in Kentucky and one of the best players in the SEC this year, was on the Washington Bears. You know, we shared we shared a, you know, my DNA was still in the dugout. Probably you definitely both pooped on the same toilet multiple times. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No (laughs) doubt. That's Kentucky. I mean, anything else you want to say with them? I mean, they, they, they don't fuck around. They don't drop the ball. Yeah. No, they're listen. They're good. I'm impressed. I'm impressed that they were able to have the season. It's not just RPI scheming, um, but you know, whatever. So we're just mad about that. But we're ready for you, Jackson Gray. I will take Ball State, a team that I like quite it. a bit. How'd they get here? Very dramatically, down to their last out in the MAC final against Kent State, top nine, two down, bases juice down a run. Adam Tellier, go ahead, Grand Salami to win the mid. Atlantic, nope, Middle America Conference, the MAC, and here they are, the Ball State Cardinals. Their best player is Trenner O'Donnell, 84 frames with an ERA under three, more than a K in inning, maybe a frisky four seed type guy. Very impressed by Ball State. Things to know, Ryan Brown is a draft guy for them. He missed a lot of time and was pretty inconsistent this year, but showed real flashes, outrageous K numbers. Not sure what Mm -hmm. his status is at the moment. They did play Indiana State and Wake Forest close this year. 
Uh, sorry, no, they got waxed by Indiana State. They played Wake Forest close, so maybe this team is a little bit of fight. Now, random thing you should know about Ball State. It is one of the weirder school names that we have in the country. Like, what ball is it? You ever wonder that, Steve? What the ball is So for? hard. Mm-hmm. It's ball so hard it's state. ball. Yeah. So hard. Ball is life state. state. Ball so state. Um, the reason is, I, is mm-hmm. you know, like ball jars, like mason jars, like the ball mm-hmm. company. They were five brothers, the Ball brothers, not Lamelo, Lobanzo, and Latanzo. Okay, in the NBA, and who are the? What is it? Lonzo, Lamelo, and who's the youngest one, Jordan? Leangelo. Yeah, that's. Nice. I don't even. He's not the old. I think he's the oldest one. <laughs> anyway, those guys, not these guys. Five Ball brothers back in the day. They wanted a college. They gave a lot of money to the school, and now they ball so state. Um, I love their hashtag. Hashtag chirp chirp, chirp chirp. Hashtag we fly. Mike Rooney's all over it. They have just randomly produced so many draft picks out of there. I was I was looking at the list because you got guys like Kyle Nicholas and uh, and John Baker and guys like that and yeah John Baker guys like that who recently got drafted and I was scrolling back a little bit and uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Larry Bigby. Do you guys remember him? Of course, he's like a left fielder for the Orioles. Of I think I didn't know he went to Ball State. That that was fun to learn real quick. That was a blast from the past. Two seed in this regional is the West Virginia Mountaineers. How they get here? They're an at-large selection for the Big Twelve. A hot finish to the season, and they would have probably hosted a regional. However, they scuffled quite a bit over the last three weeks of the season, and here they are making the trip to Lexington, Kentucky. This team when they are going well, is an electric watch. And that is because they have two of the most entertaining players in the country. Second baseman, J.J. Weatherholt, is absolute must-see TV. He has legit, legit pop. He gets on base. He's a demon on the base paths. He, like, just make sure you watch a little bit of J.J. Weatherholt this weekend. And then, of course, college baseball cult hero Blaine Traxel. Get off the what is it? Get off the tracks. There's a Blaine Get coming. Off the tracks. Blaine's coming. I love that. We love Blaine Traxel. He's a like a fifth year guy. He's like five nine, two hundred. Throws from a bunch of different arm angles, and he's I think he's leading the country in complete games, and that is why we love him. He is the closest body comp I have seen to Bartolo Colon <laughs> since we had Bartolo Colon. Like the yeah. way Blaine Traxel moves on the mound. He's not that big, but I I agree. Yeah. I agree that it's, I do agree. Yeah, he's like very stumpy yeah. is how I would describe mm-hmm. him. And his like arms look short. It's And he kind of moves his body the same way. That's what you should know about West Virginia. They'll be facing off against the Indiana Hoosiers, mm-hmm. who are actually a basketball team mm-hmm. trying to play baseball. No, I'm kidding. This team is talented. They're an at-large selection out of the Big Ten. Things to know about them. Their best players are Devin Taylor and Craig Yoho. Yeah. And I love that Scott Rowland, who will be inducted into the Hall of Fame, the Major League Baseball one this summer, is their director of player development. And I assume is just going to like be around. Yeah, he's around. He is, uh, of course, one of the better players in, in Indiana history or the state of Indiana history. And yeah, Devin Taylor, true freshman, one of the better true freshmen in the country. Amazing that he's. Yeah, I mean, that's just a hell of a recruit to get into Indiana. Uh, that seems like a kind of guy that a lot of other teams would be all over. But that's the Hoosiers. Solid three seed. Really good team out of the Big Ten. But you know who we riding with. It's Blaine Traxel all day. We head down to Auburn. The fighting Butch Thompson's the 13 overall seed, the Auburn Tigers. 
number one seed, will be hosting in Alabama. And the Penn Quakers, the four seed, what a story for them. The two seed Southern Miss Golden Eagles and the Sanford Bulldogs. All kinds of crazy journeys to get to this point in this regional. We begin with number one, Auburn. Uh, what you need to know about Auburn? I mean, listen, Auburn... It, are they the most exciting watch? Not, not necessarily, but they have been more so this year, certainly compared to Texas A&M. Um, we're just going to keep dunking on the Aggies. We believe in Butch Thompson for sure as a head coach here. And they do have some star power here. Bryson Ware, who's been there forever, he's got 24 homers. Their shortstop, Cole Foster, he'll be a high draft pick. We talked about Cooper McMurray, their big first baseman, Kansas transfer. And then old man Tommy Vale, he's on his third school. He's been really good on the mound for them. It's not overwhelming, but like they deserve to host. They obviously hold their own in the SEC. They have some good quality wins. And and if they're in Omaha again, I am certainly not going to be surprised. Uh, but yeah, that's it's a pretty straightforward uh, deal with the Auburn Tigers. Uh, Steve, yeah, with you got to be. I'm sure you're excited to talk about the Penn Quakers. You, I am. You were wearing their jersey the during Quakers. the selection show yesterday. The four seed Penn Quakers, the first time in the tournament since 1995. It is the longest drought of any team in the tournament, and now here they are as the Ivy League champs. Uh, what you got on them, Quakers? Hashtag Quake Show. Well, I'm excited. This is the first time I've been alive um, to see them make it to the postseason, which is really cool. But I got to talk about Ryan Drumbowski because. He is a guy who is just absolutely shoved for them. He has a 2.87 ERA and about 60 innings pitched, which in the Ivy League, you don't play as many games. So that's a pretty large sample size. But I want to point out, he was the Ivy League pitcher of the year this year. Last year, he was the only player to clap when they landed on on their trip. I, I don't remember where they were going, but he was the only player to clap when the plane landed. Only one who gave that appreciation and then... uh. He's the only one who ends up being the Ivy League pitcher of the year. That's very interesting to me. So more people should clap up when they're playing here. When they're when their plane lands down in Auburn, because that's a place. Um, I'm interested to see if they'll clap there. How how many people on the team will clap? Because that's gonna be indicative of how they're gonna perform this weekend. I I really truly believe Listen, Steve. I will not clap when the plane lands. I will clap for Ryan Drombowski if he beats Auburn. How about that? Does that seem fair? That's fair. Um, That's fair. Wyatt Hensler is the bat to know for them. He has been probably the best hitter in the Ivy League the last two years uh, and fielded for them. So keep an eye on them. Yeah, quick show. I mean, that's a a naturally fun underdog story. Uh, Obviously, it's so interesting how like the Ivy League, like, I feel like you would never, you're never, no one is rooting for the Ivy League in any situation in life <laughs> as a neutral, except in baseball. I feel like, like it is the only place where they are definitive underdogs. Yeah, obviously, this is true in other sports Which, as well, but I feel like baseball to a pretty extreme degree. It is funny because the second their season ends, they are no longer become underdogs. Like by losing, <laughs> They become favorites to being regular Ivy Leaguers. Um, I I will say it's interesting, though, because the Ivy League, like they made college sports. Like that's true. They 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 came up with this. Where would we be then? So that's true. It's like everybody else was like, all right, that's cool. Nerds. We're going to take it. (laughs) We're going to be better. We're going to hit home runs and we're going to run with it. Um, Sick idea. Sick idea. We're going to get in the gym. Uh, the two other teams in this regional are the <laughs> Southern Miss Golden Eagles and the Sam, not Stan, the Sam Ford Bulldogs. Southern Miss, champs of the fun belt. 
They have the funnest belt in the entire conference. Tanner Hall and Slade Wilkes are two guys with a lot of ding-dongs, and they have a pitcher, D3 legend, Billy Oldham. Yes. Well, Tanner Hall doesn't have any home runs. The, the Slade Wilkes is the guy with the home runs. Slade Wilkes is the guy. I don't understand why he does. He was famous in high school, and I believe he just has a really bad medical, and that's why no one's drafting him. But, like, dude rakes. He's awesome. He should be in pro ball. Tanner Hall is amazing. Cleveland will draft him in the third round, and he'll be a big leaguer in a couple years. But I'm ex- excited. Billy Oldham, of course, we've been making the Peaky Blinders jokes about Billy Oldham uh, for a while. <laughs> Billy Oldham. Uh, but he came, comes over from the, the, the D3 National Champs last year, Eastern Connecticut. He's been solid for them. Uh, but Southern Miss is awesome. Always a really fun team. I know they're not hosting in Hattiesburg this year, but they can totally win this regional. Tanner Hall's awesome. But what I didn't realize is that Sanford Bulldogs, who heroically won a triple header over the weekend to win the SOCON, which is completely nuts. Why do they have to do that? Who cares? It's hilarious, and we love it. They have an arm in Jacob Cravey, who has a ton of strikeouts. I think he's top uh, 10 in the country in strikeouts. To have him against Tanner Hall in that 2-3 matchup on Friday will be one of the better pitching matchups that we have on Friday. So very excited about that. Sanford also has an interesting guy named John Anderson, who was barely playing at Georgia Tech, comes over to Sanford, hits 22 home runs, which I love that, right? Because Sanford is the team that had Sonny D and lost him to Auburn. And then he rakes in the SEC. So I like that they're taking someone from the ACC and him raking and John Anderson. That feels like a little bit of a little bit of balance there. We need more of those uh, transitions. So that's cool. But yeah, I mean, hey, I know Steve's going to root for anyone that that had Sunny D on their team. Uh, but do you have any 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 other thing on Sanford, Jake? Well, that's the thing is, I mean, we have Sanford going to the Auburn Regional. I mean, Sunny D should just sponsor this, yeah. thing, right? <laughs> I hope so. I, I don't know if Sunny D has been, is he still in Rocket City? I don't know what his uh, status is right now. Maybe Steve has a better sense for that. Last I heard he was in Arizona, so I'm not 100% certain. Okay. But I feel like if he has the opportunity, he'll probably be there. He should be. He should be throwing right. out the first pitch. Also. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he also might have responsibilities with, you know, his whole baseball season of his own. But what I like about this regional is I feel like Southern Miss will be up to something. They'll do something crazy, find a way to win just because it's Scott Perry's final year. He's been there a long time. You don't want him to go out in the middle. Of the, what what guy who's coached for as long as he had would want to go out like at a time that it doesn't matter, like in the middle of the season or anything like that. That's not when you want to retire. He wants to, he wants to go out on top. I agree. I, I Tony I'm, Rossi, Tony Rossi <laughs> shots fired. Jeez. I'm uh, I'm in on Southern This Miss. is the first time. Yeah. This is the first time that Sienna baseball has been mentioned this late into the season in a long time, Steve. So I'm sure <laughs> they appreciate the shout out. Let's move on to the Clemson regional hosted by Clemson university in Clemson, South Carolina. Clemson, I've said it three times. They're the one seed. They'll be taking on the Lipscomb Bisons, the two seed, the Tennessee Volunteers. Oh, baby. They'll be facing the three seed, the Charlotte 49ers. Let's actually begin with Lipscomb and just get them out of the way. Steve, have you ever combed your lips? My lips have never been. I actually often, now that I think about it, because not on purpose, but when I'm brushing or combing my beard, I occasionally a comb will hit my lip don't like it don't like it one bit but do you like lips comb by sins yeah 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 sure sure i had a friend named kyle kemp who played there who i liked so i will like lipscomb they have cool logos they i will do. say and most and importantly really... steve their best player is named caleb ketchup oh 
You got some ketchup on your Caleb. lips. Um, <laughs> Caleb Ketchup, 16 homers, 30 steals. A lot of strikeouts, but a very talented player at shortstop. They have two guys with 20 homers that are not named Caleb Ketchup. Alex Vergara, Austin Kelly, Logan Van Treek, really good on the mound. These are the A-Sun champs, the A-Fun champs, and they'll be tasked with taking down the Clemson Tigers who come into the tournament on a W-16. Holy shit. They just won the ACC. They have been one of the biggest stories in college baseball this year in Eric Backage's first year. Where's Michigan in this tournament? I don't see them anywhere. Here are the Clemson Tigers. I think what's most amazing about Clemson is not just that, again, that they've been this dominant in Backage's first year. Caden Grice is, you know, a one-man show, two-man player, awesome on the mound. I know so – this is on me, right? I'm bad at analyzing college baseball. I know so little about this pitching staff. But they must be doing something well if they've won 16 in a row, including sweeping the ACC tournament. On offense, Caden Grice, we know him. Will Taylor, standout freshman last year, wasn't sure, you know, big football recruit. He's been fantastic this year. Billy Amick, I think you saw Amick, Amick, uh, Steve? I Amick. believe you saw him hit, he a, hit the bowl. Hit a homer. Uh, in, he, in like, dented the fucking bowl. He, yeah. He smashed yeah. it. Um, and then Riley Bertram, he's he transferred in from uh, Notre no, Dame, no, right? For, for- <laughs> <laughs> from Michigan. Wait, no, from Michigan. No. He comes down from Michigan. With, with oh, okay. Eric Bakich, him bad. and Willie Weiss. I know Willie Weiss doesn't pitch very much, but Riley Bertram, who was captain of Michigan, comes down with Eric Bakich, captain of Clemson, hit his first homer of his year of the year, right? Uh in the ACC tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's he's mm-hmm. fun. So Clemson, they they just everything's clicking for them. But this is gonna be very interesting because they very a very good chance that they will be tasked with facing Mr. Chase Dolander. On Saturday in the 1-0 game, the Tennessee Volunteers, one of the biggest questions I had going into yesterday was where was Tennessee going to go? Because we knew they weren't going to host and we knew that they were going to have to find a way to win a regional away from Lindsey Nelson Stadium. But Clemson is an especially tough place to go. And as we pointed out, Steve, the Tennessee fans plus the Clemson fans will be well, that is going to get that could there, get uh, there might dangerous. be a murder. Yeah, <laughs> there there could be murders. <laughs> there will um, be some fights in the stands for sure. Uh, Tennessee Volunteers coming in. And listen, w- were they disappointing this year? At times, definitely. But they turned it around. The pitching was very weird because we thought it was going to be this incredible rotation again. Dolander was up and down. Bean was generally great. Burns got bumps to the bullpen. And now Andrew Lindsay, who's become their Friday guy. Where did he come from? He came from Charlotte. He came from Charlotte. Will he be pitching that first game against Charlotte? We will find out. Uh, But Tennessee, of course, they're known more for their offense, and that's how they're going to have to win on the road here, uh, even if they're not at home in Lindsey Nelson, Blake Burke, Griffin Merritt. Offense is still good, but how well will it travel? That remains to be seen. Uh, Jake, tell us about the Charlotte 49ers, who, by the way, guys, have the nation's home run leader as Cam Fisher is up to 30 freaking bombs after hitting like 10 in the last two weeks. This is a guy who was draft eligible last year and was pretty good. Has taken it to a totally new level this year in the outfield. Him and Jake Cunningham have both been very good. Um, but I know you wanted to tell us about the, the 49ers and why they are the 49ers. Yeah, the school was going to get shut down by the state in 1949, but then like a bunch of people saved it Mm. uh, from being shut down in 1949. And so they named it the 49ers like Mm. to uh, mirror the spirit of the gold miners who went out west in 1849. That's why they're the San Francisco 49ers. Mm. But this team, they are not in San Francisco. They are in Charlotte. But yet they embody... They embody the spirit of the 49ers. And this is what Wikipedia says. 
The fact that the university's main, main campus's front entrance is located on North Carolina Highway 49 is poor, pure coincidence. <laughs> That's great. great. Thank you. I, I wonder if, if this happened 20 years later, would they have the same sentiment? Mm, I mean, would, they could listen. The there's no rule against being we go for I, mean, I, don't, I don't see why not. I just again, would that have held up in today's? Yeah, I mean, in today's climate. This, that's a great question, right? Because like we have, like we changed the Cleveland Guardians name, right? <laughs> would they have had to change the mm. Charlotte 69ers name as society became, you know, more sexual? Or like, would it have been a sex negative move to mm. change away from the 69ers? Mm. Would an elite tangent, that is your overview of the Charlotte 49ers. Let's move to Gainesville, where the Florida Gators will be hosting things. They are the second overall seed in the tournament. The four seed here is the Florida A&M Rattlers. That is a snake reference, not like a baby reference. The two seed is the Yukon Huskies coming from Connecticut and the Texas Tech Red, Red Raiders a team almost as boring as the Texas A&M Aggies. They are the three seed. But let's begin with the four seed. The Florida A&M Rattlers, who won the swack over favorites Alabama State and Bethune-Cookman. They have two hitters with OPSs over 1,000. That's Jean-Michel Bastardo and Ty Anchi. Sebastian Greco has 17 bombs himself. They have an ace who's 24 named Hunter Vietz. He's pretty good. Maybe a frisky four? And eh, we'll see. The rest of the pitching staff is a little light. Their head coach, Jamie Shoup an assistant under Mike Martin at Florida State for 21 years. Okay, so that is not a guy. Like, he's been around these regionals before. Duh. Because Florida State was in a lot of them. So I'm very interested to see how frisky the Florida A&M Rattlers could be when they're going up against the juggernaut, Florida Gators. Yeah, and this is... Uh, Florida has very quietly, like, because we've been so focused on Wake Forest and so focused on, like, LSU's downfall... Florida has quietly been awesome. Basically, the whole time they have uh, like possibly like five to seven future big leaguers on their team. Of course, led by Wyatt Lankford, who will be a top five pick uh, next month. Uh, Jack Caglione, you all know about him, two way guy, big X factor for them. How does Jack Caglione look on the mound? But behind them, uh, Hurston Waldrop, Brandon Sprode, those guys have been at the top of the rotation. Awesome to see BT Ryapel have some big moments in the SEC tournament. He's a guy that's been in Florida for a while. He's been super fun to watch. Not necessarily a huge pro prospect, but a really, really fun college player. And then they had some, some kind of surprise contributions. Cade Curland, a freshman who I think is still 18 because he enrolled early. He's been awesome. Josh Rivera, really awesome in his senior season. He's made a lot of money this year one of the better 22 year olds in the upcoming draft and yeah florida's awesome their bullpen's still a little shaky the talent is here to obviously get back to omaha there's a reason they're the number two overall seed no surprise there steve i know you're into game you went to gainesville you believe in this team there's a lot of talent there um i i, I imagine you expect to to see them and reunite with them in omaha yeah, I, I really hope so, because they're just a cool group of guys. I didn't really get to talk to them as much as I would have liked have, to have because they were signing autographs for kids, which totally fine. Sign the autographs for kids. Don't talk to Steve and just run into me in Omaha. That, that way is way better. Then, exactly. You know, that's a way better plan. And I'd rather do it that yep. way. I'm not itching and burning. Yep. But I mean, just. We, we got to dock up where we write down the best players and things like that. We wrote a lot of guys next to the best There's, player. Yeah. Semicolon for this one. Yeah. They, they got talent. Yep. They're loaded. Good way to put it. Um, all right. Let's move to the two, three Yukon Huskies. I know they have one of your favorite players in the country. Certainly one of the best nicknames. It is Ben Huber. Ben Huber, a.k.a. the albino rhino. 16 homers 
for the large blonde lad. Um, but Jake, <clears throat> we are particularly biased towards the UConn Huskies because they are essentially a Division Three all-star team. Five players on this roster, very important contributors, uh, coming from the D3 ranks via the transfer portal. That's uh, Jacob Studley and Stephen Quigley from Wheaton College. That's Luke Broadhurst from Eastern Connecticut. That's Paul Tamaro from Oswego State. And that is Andrew Sears from Rhode Island College. Where would UConn be without D3? They would not be in the regional as a two seed. They'll I, be taking, they'll be I taking. Really, oh, you go on, Steve. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I, I just really like it because anytime there's a division one team with a transfer from a D three school on it, I get excited. And so them having five, that's very exciting it's lit. to me. It's lit. I, I really, we like love that. to see it. They'll be taking on the number three seed, Texas tech red Raiders, not the purple Raiders of Mount union. Shouts at D three, but the red Raiders of Texas tech, Best player is Gavin Cash. That's a K, not a C in Cash. Important to know. 24 home ding-dongs for him. When this team is on the road, they're a little shaky. Keep an eye on that. They only have 28 steals in 60 games. They're kind of a younger, more experienced Texas Tech team. And that has shown up at various points this year. But as it is said on every college baseball podcast ever, Never count out Tim Tadlock <laughs> and the Red Raiders. We know. We know that's what Kettle's going to say. Uh, I'll count him out. I'll do it. I'll, I'll count, I'll count. <laughs> that, is, that has more to do with Florida uh, than anything. I just think Florida is ridiculous, and I would expect them to cruise here. We head uh, to uh, Manhattan, where the Columbia Lions uh, somehow got the 15th seed out of the Ivy League at large. Is that? Am I reading that correctly or no? Yeah. No, okay. no, no, you're not. No, Columbia. Columbia. Nope. Nope. That is Columbia, South Carolina, oh. where the South Carolina Gamecocks are the number one seed, a surprised host. If you listen to the people smarter than us, like Aaron Fitt uh, on the Nerdcast, they will give you. Fitty gave a, a good overview as to why South Carolina hosting was a surprise and maybe not the correct decision from the committee. They were incredible for the first like two or three months of the year, potentially like the number one overall team in the country. Then they started to scuffle. Then they got injured, and they are kind of limping into the postseason as a shell of their former self. Ethan Petrie, though, is definitely a guy to know and a guy to watch. A lot of homers. Easily the SEC freshman of the year. And for a while, his numbers were comparable with Dylan Cruz for SEC player of the year. Not sure exactly where they stand right now. The last time the regional was uh, in Columbia, the super regional, sorry, what happened, Steve? Anything note notable? Um, so that regional, obviously, it's in Columbia, South Carolina. We just did that bit where we joked about like, oh, what if it's in Columbia, but it's a different school than South Carolina? The last super regional held there, Kyle Teal hit a grand slam that sent me and the Virginia Cavaliers past the Dallas Baptist Patriots, two teams that. We're playing in that in uh, Founders Park for the first time that season other like that week uh, for whatever reason, because that makes sense. Um, we were down there. Yeah. So hopefully South Carolina can can host a super regional of their own at some point coming soon. That way that I, I would feel like I don't want my last thing to be someone else doing it at my mm. place. You know, that feels weird. And so hopefully they can rewrite that a little bit. They I have an announcement. Oh, I have please. an announcement. Yep. Announce it. I will be picking the Central Connecticut Blue Devils as my frisky four upset pick 
they are the ones taking on the Gamecocks. The four seed Central Connecticut Blue Devils come in at 36 and 12. They won the NEC, but the clear and they were the clear class of that conference all year. Why am I picking them? Dominic Neiman, almost 100 innings with an ERA under two. All right. That might be a typo. It might be under three, but it's still impressive. <laughs> Either way, I am very in on Central Connecticut upsetting the South Carolina Gamecocks. They didn't play many good teams this year. They won a lot of ball games. They have some good bullpen arms with Domi- uh, with uh, Luke Garofalo and Vincent Spuzokuo. Spuz- that's a real tough one. You guys want to give that one a go? That that's a, that's a one. real I gotta, tough one. I, I just want to make sure you even spelled that. That is a crazy name. Spuzoko. Spuzoko. Man, that's tough. Anyway, I, I'm in on the Central Connecticut Blue Devils upsetting the South Carolina Gamecocks. This is my frisky four pick. Two shouts out here, okay? One, they have a freshman on the team named Lewis Jordan. He got one at-bat this year. Harlem Little League alum, baby. You better believe it. Also, they have a kid on the team named Sam Allswang, who Jordan and I coached when he was a camper at a baseball camp in D.C. like 10 years ago. And so the Central Connecticut Blue Devils have a special place in my heart. They will be contesting with two other teams in this regional the Campbell Camels and the NC State Wolfpack. Either you gents want to give an overview on the Campbells. Well, Steve, I know when we saw Campbell on this election show yesterday, uh, they <laughs> uh, labeled themselves as the nobodies from nowhere uh, who did not get the host, kind of at the expense of South Carolina, arguably, which is what makes this regional extra spicy, is that Campbell gets to go to South Carolina as the two seed, especially motivated what you need to know about the camels besides hashtag roll humps is that they absolutely rake this whole lineup. It's not a lot of like, you know, future first round picks uh, offensively, but it's old guys from all over the country. They got some, you know, an Australian, you know, Jared Belbin. They got Juco transfers. They got ex- exciting underclassmen, all kinds of stuff. 9.8 runs per game for the camels is the best mark in all of division one. They also lead all of division uh, one in hit by pitches which is another way to win a lot of ball games, 141 plunkings in 57 games. And yeah, they just, they score a shit ton of runs. Should they be hosting? Maybe, probably. We're about to find out because they might just go into Columbia and, and kick South Carolina's ass. Uh, they are certainly going to be motivated to do so. Cade Keeler, I assume he will start that first game against NC State. Very, very fun pitcher to watch. Um, they have some interesting guys out of the bullpen as well. So Campbell's always fun, extra motivated there. And uh, yeah, we're, that is going to be going to be spicy. Now, we knew they were going to be in, Steve. The NC State Wolfpack, we were a little bit more nervous after we know what happened in 21. And then last year, one of the more egregious omissions in the history of the at-large field. They get in here as the three seed. Salad RPI gets them in despite a relatively up and down season in the ACC. Um, but it's nice to see the Wolfpack in. Do have some fun offensive players. Uh, Gino Groover, a.k.a. Lou James Groover the third, is there. Cannon Peebles, we've talked about him a bunch on the podcast uh, this season. And, uh, yeah, I, I I mean, I'm glad they're in. I don't know how good NC State is. I know they didn't look particularly amazing down the stretch, but I think they deserve to be here. And uh, I'm glad they're getting the opportunity. Um, Steve, anything uh, on these two teams before we send it to Conway? Because yes. we're getting to the, the good stuff here. This is what Steve's been looking have, forward to. Have- have you guys ever gotten in trouble with your parents for something you didn't do? No. 
No, no, not never. once. No, never. Okay. It's never happened. Well, yeah, but you, if you had and your parent finds out that you didn't do it, typically they would, you know, take you to the store, buy you some candy mm-hmm. or something like that, get you something you like, a little bit of a makeup. <laughs> and that, like they have a good RPI and everything, feels like a bit of a makeup, but I'm all for that. Yeah. The NC State Wolfpack is owed because I feel like they were robbed multiple times. And so I'm, I'm happy to see yep. them. Happy to see I them. I agree. All right, let's get to the real fun. This is what Steve's been waiting for. The Conway and Charlottesville Regionals. We begin with the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers, the number 10 overall seed, who will be hosting the number four seed Ryder Bronx, not the Broncos, the Bronx. Number two seed Duke Blue Devils against the three seed UNC Wilmington Seahawks. Jake, where would you like to begin here? Let's begin with the Chanticleers, who hold a very important place in the world of college baseball. Their title run back in 2016 was the stuff of legends. It is as iconic as it gets. And even if they had just gone away, never to compete again after that, that, you know, bluish teal and that tannish gold of Conway would have stayed with us forever. But that is not what has happened. This team is back and this team is here and this team is real. They are the 10th overall seed in the country. Fun belt beasts. Their best player is Peyton Eels. That is E-E-L-E-S. 40 steals from him. Derek Bender, 18 home runs. Teddy Sharkey, probably one of the best closers in America. The Coastal Carolina Chanticleers, if you are a neutral with no team to cheer for, this is an easy bandwagon to hop aboard. And I know, Steve, you, uh, with, as we told this story earlier on the show, your career uh, began, right, at in Conway. Mm-hmm. Um, Lighten that fire. Light, that was your first career appearance was against the Coastal Carolina uh, Chanticleers in 2016, which is freaking hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. so, first game in Spring Brooks. Yep. Steven Shock struck out the side. So there you go. Uh, also. I also hit two guys and gave up two <laughs> runs, but we struck out the side at the end of it. Um, but no, I Coastal's been so good this year, and I just can't help but wonder how good they would be if everybody always stayed. Because, you know, Nick Parker, he's at UVA killing it, who we'll talk about. And BT Rye of Hell, we talked about him killing it earlier. Mm-hmm. Imagine how good they'd be with guys like that still on the team. So it, it's always interesting to see that. Still good, though. I know hindsight's always like... You know, hindsight's always a little bit clearer, but still interesting to think about. And then, yeah. Uh, Jake, Jordan, the Ryder Bronx, the Bronx. I mean, that's great. The Bronx, the Ryder Bronx out of the Mac, the Mac champs. Here they are, 35 and 19 and a nice little four seed. What do we need to know about the Bronx? There may not be an O, a second O in Bronx, and that's because it went to Brendan O'Donnell, who has 14 home runs for them, from Malvern, PA. Shouts out to Michael Patrick Rooney. Important thing to know about this team is they did split a midweek series with Duke earlier this month. Solid ball club, but definitely one of the weaker conferences in the country. What are you looking at, Jordan? Well, I'm just remembering that, uh, well, that's an incredible name. They have a guy named Socrates Bardatsos. Yeah, the sleek Greek freak. Oh, that is what they call him. Um, <laughs> also, uh, you missed this, Jake, but when they showed them on the selection show, they were all wearing T-shirts that just said energy 
like in all caps it just said energy there was no i don't even know if there was a rider logo but it had like the energy and then like a nike logo i was like yes yes we love yeah that. i'm for we love that so that's the bronx they are uh tough tough task for them but we'll see if they can pull the ultimate upset out of the mac let's talk about duke who you just mentioned split with uh rider earlier this month duke duke what a good season for them they were really 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 solid this year especially on offense we saw some impressive things i know they had a lot of injuries on the mound earlier in the season but uh guys like alex mooney really carried them alex mooney duke can go on a run here people will really know alex mooney's name all right checks every box for a famous college baseball player and uh but yeah he's been he's been good uh mj metz another d3 guy he's been really good for them and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious who has been really performing for them on the mound. But Steve, what you got about Duke? I, 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 did you spend any time with so, them at the ACC tournament? Du- just quickly, yeah. Duke uh, is more I, of like I, a on the mound. They're kind of like a mixy and matchy type deal. Like they they're like a piggyback team. Mm-hmm. Jordan, like uh, think Trinity, Texas in the D3 ranks. Okay, thank you. That is helpful. That, yeah. So their coach, uh, he came from App State. Coach mm-hmm. Pollard. Um, he was there before I got there. Um, so I never met him, but. I, I met Alex Mooney at the ACC tournament. Just a cool dude. Like, you look at him. I asked him if he could surf. He said he can't. But just looking at him, he definitely can. He just doesn't know it yet. Um, just a cool guy. He's a great ball player, obviously. But got to mention that. And then they have Trevor Storm, who it felt like every time I looked up at the ACC tournament, he was hitting another home run. So I'm interested to see how he goes down this stretch. Uh Alex Mooney is from Michigan, so if he can surf, mm-hmm. I'll be very impressed. Uh, yeah, the being from Michigan is that was his main point of reference to not okay. surfing that he said. Yeah, thank but you. I figured again, uh, he's got it yeah, in. I hope so. James Callen, awesome, I believe, freshman reliever for them, fifty-four strikeouts in thirty-two innings. So yeah, we'll see. But their their lineup: Jay Bashir's Northwestern transfer. He's been really good. So. I believe in them. I think Duke's pretty solid. I think they could make some noise here. UNC Wilmington Seahawks, funniest moment of the selection show. They cut to the UNC Wilmington celebrating. And Steve's like, hey, I recognize that restaurant they're in because I used to DoorDash from there all the time. Uh, Steve could later confirm mm-hmm. that he completed 34 DoorDash orders from that restaurant where they had their selection show. That is not an ad for DoorDash. And that for is reference, for this is... <laughs> This is picking it up and delivering yes. it. I was not eating. <laughs> we're not or, you personally were not eating. Yes, which way. is way funnier. Yes, it's not like oh, I ordered from there. No, you were literally delivering food from there uh, multiple times. The UNC Wilmington Seahawks, the CAA champs, very cool. Uh, they uh, interesting team. I like their, I like their aesthetic. I like what they have going on. I like that they schedule pretty well. Their players, they don't, it's it's not as many guys that you necessarily get a ton of attention nationally. Tanner Thatch, Trevor Marsh have been their best hitters. Brett Banks has certainly got some attention draft-wise as one of their better relievers. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, they they're they're in the tournament. They they deserve to be here. They've earned it. And uh we'll see. They they really are a quintessential three seed for me. Because they're clearly not a four, um, but they're also clearly not a two. Like clearly not a two seed. <laughs> so that's kind of where I'm at on the Seahawks. Charlottesville, Virginia is a town that one of the three of us has lived in. And that is a town that will be playing host to a regional this weekend. The Virginia Cavaliers, they are home against the Army Black Knights. They're the four seed. The East Carolina Pirates, the two. That's a big two. And the three seed, Oklahoma Sooners, one of the final teams in the field. Let's actually start with Army. <clears throat> they won the Patriot League because these guys are true Patriots. That's just how this works. Army has built one of the most impressive you know, more consistent programs in that conference over the last 
decade or so, I once ran into them in the airport and believe it or not, they were all wearing the same thing and they were very regimented because again, they are in the army players to know Ross Friedrich has a ton of bombs for them. And then Sam Ruda is a former junior like team USA guy who could have definitely gone to pro ball. If he had wanted to been a later round pick big prospect type guy wanted to go play at army. Interesting situation there. Yeah, Sam Ruda was um, uh, wrongly reported to have signed with the Padres uh, during the 2020 weird uh, post-draft situation. It was like, oh, yeah, Sam Ruda's going to the Padres. Like, no, I'm not. I'm going to Army. What are you talking about? But that is <laughs> – listen, if the Padres – That's got to be a weird If the feeling. Padres were scouting you – and they, well, again, 2020 was so weird with the undrafted free agents, so I'm not super, super surprised that something could get wrong there. But that tells me that Sam Ruda is real news. I'm sure, you know, A.J. Preller was like hiding under the bleachers at his high school games watching him and was like, let's see if we can get this guy for 10 grand or whatever. But now he's at Army. He's one of their best players and uh, is going to have to really ball out against the Virginia Cavaliers, Steve. I mean, what? Listen, yeah, we, we, good, yeah. good, good, good luck. We we know that we know they're good. We know Kyle Teal's awesome. We just got to find a helmet that fits him. Um, we know Jake Geloff's going to hit some home runs. Uh, we know that Nick Parker is going to pitch. We know Connolly early. Mm-hmm. Connolly early. This is the uh, where did he come from? Now Steve? this is. I'm very interested in this. He came from Army. He transferred over the summer. But the reason I'm interested in this is because you know you play inter squad so many times as a college athlete. It's something you have to do. They've faced him many times in inter squads. This will be the first time they'll face him with hair though, which. Could be the X factor because he he's got long flowing locks now. It's beautiful. He's got great hair. I hope they recognize. And I think it could, it, it could real. They might be like, okay, we've never seen this guy in our lives. That that could be the case. I don't think he'll throw against them because it wouldn't make much sense to start him against them, considering he's the pitcher they've seen the most out of UVA pitching. Um, so they probably won't see him. But it is kind of a battle for Connolly Early's heart. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of it, and I really want UVA to win this, obviously, because I love UVA, but I want them to win and I want Coastal to win. That way we can have a series for Nick Parker's heart, <laughs> because, you know, anytime I you've heard me talk about it all the time. I love the Kim Card or the Khloe Kardashian revenge body tour, mm-hmm. and that's these guys transferring, going back, playing their old schools and kind of kicking their dicks in. That's kind of what the way I see it. And I really want to see that happen because it's just a fun thing, you know? Mm-hmm. No, it's true. I And obviously, we know we know who you're rooting for. But your, your, the battle for Steve's heart will also be taking place potentially in that 1-0 game on Saturday because the ECU Pirates, who Steve loves so much, is going to be the two-seed taking on the number three Oklahoma Sooners, who were maybe a surprise entrant into the field. Solid RPI, not a solid record. But they're Oklahoma. They were in the World Series. And now they are here as a three seed ECU, Steve. I mean, again, we, we, we know we've heard all about them. They won't be playing in the jungle, but they are still a damn good ball club. And they do deserve to be here. Jacob Jenkins Coward, one of the most fun names to say in all of uh, in all of all of college baseball, all of baseball in general. Um, but yeah, well, ECU, I'm curious, Steve. Yeah, I'm curious. Like, I would say ECU is maybe like your favorite team. That isn't UVA. How do you yeah. feel about them being sent to Charlottesville? Well, last year, Charlotte's or UVA got sent down to ECU and it didn't go great for them, but it went 
it went pretty well for ECU, I would say. So I'm hoping the opposite happens this year, and it's like I won't have to be as sad because last year ECU got it, now this year UVA gets it. But it, it's definitely interesting. The selection committee, they're, they're kind of dicks for doing this to me again, um, if I'm being honest. But either way, I'm just excited for good quality baseball. I'm excited to watch Trey Savage pitch mm-hmm. because – Holy shit, his last name's Savage. That's really fun. Um, but ECU, they just bring energy with them, which I, I think is really needed in these in these regional environments. And then also, I'm excited for Oklahoma just because I remember last year, Kendall Pettis had a really cool catch in the Blacksburg Regional. And so I'm hoping I get the opportunity to watch him fly around a baseball field a little bit here. Yeah, Oklahoma's a weird team. I really don't know what to make of them. Uh, Bryce Madrin, Juco transfer. He's had a really, really big season for them. Uh, 59 walks to 36 strikeouts, and he has 11 homers. Not a lot of power on this Oklahoma team, which is a little strange to see. Certainly have lost some of their their star power. Uh, They've also dealt with some injuries. But, I mean, I I guess clearly they (laughs) – would they have a better record in a different conference? Yeah, probably. Uh, If they were in the American, they'd probably have a better record than 31 and 26 or whatever. But I I don't know. I I, I would like to see Oklahoma, like, prove themselves here because that is a team that – was a little bit surprising to see in the field. The one thing to know about my Bryce Madrin is that he like played for the bananas. Oh, it's like awesome. a lot. Yeah. And he's just Love like that. the best player on Oklahoma now. <laughs> really bizarre kind of journey there. Let's yes. move on to Nashville. The Nashville regional hosted by Vanderbilt university. The Vanderbilt Commodores are the one seed. They will be facing the Eastern Illinois Panthers as the four, the two, Oregon Ducks, the three Xavier Musketeers. Let's begin with Eastern Illinois, uh, a school that I had honestly never heard of before. There are a lot of schools in this country. A lot of them play baseball. Not all of them are in my brain. And so when I was looking at the field, I honestly did not know they existed. But the Panthers, I want to apologize. They're 37 and 19. They're a real program. They won the Ohio Valley Conference and they took down SEMO, who's kind of been the class of this conference for the last few years, sweeping them in the last series of the regular season. As a team, they've only hit 36 batters in 57 games, which is very impressive command. They have a D3 transfer named Dominic DeLello from uh, Illinois Wesleyan, Mm. school I played against a lot. And I see a note on here, best selection show reaction, Jordan, care to share? Yeah, they were just, they were, well, see, this is a weird one because I, the selection show is an interesting exercise in like, there's the teams who don't know that they're getting in, right? And they are excited to know that they are actually going to keep playing. But then Eastern Illinois is in the category of like, it's not like they don't know that they're in the tournament. They, they, they won, right? There's, there's no drama. But like seeing your name called, seeing on ESPN, them acknowledging your existence and announcing where you're going to go. That's exciting. And they were uh, particularly hype. First time in the tournament since 2008 for the Panthers. Um, I like Eastern Illinois because Illinois, how many states do we have where we have a an Eastern, a Northern, a Western, and a Southern? All four different schools. I don't is, I don't know if Illinois is the only one. Um, I think it might be the only one where all four are D1. Um, but uh, yeah, um, it's right Northern Illinois. That's that's a, I'm pretty sure that's, that's a team also, but. Anyway, uh, Eastern Illinois, Ryan Ignafo is the guy to know for them. He's been their best hitter for a while. Uh, But they will be tasked with taking on the Vanderbilt Commodores in Nashville. Vanderbilt, a team, the number six overall seed, who, you know, you don't get to the number six overall seed for nothing. They just won the SEC tournament despite having no real incentive to. 
but uh, why would we doubt them? They have the longest regional streak now in college baseball with Florida State's ending. They've been to 17 straight regionals. They do have some of the best pitching, although they have dealt with some some injuries on the mound. Uh, when it is healthy, uh, Carter Holden, uh, Hunter Owen, Devin Futrell, and then a lot of the guys out of the bullpen, especially some of the older guys this year, like Nick Maldonado, have been fantastic. And then on offense, RJ Shrek, Duke transfer, has been fantastic, easily their best hitter in terms of power production. And then Brad, Enrique Bradfield Jr., who, you know, at people expect an even bigger year from them, maybe, but he's been awesome. Ton of steals, unbelievable defense in center field. Like he is really, it is not just, he's not just fast, he is an amazing outfielder. And the, the, the offense has been, uh, uh, you know, solid to just as good as I, I think we could have hoped in this year. It'll be fascinating to see where he gets drafted, but I know you love Bradfield. Is there anything else on Vandy? Yeah. Bradfield is just a singular player there. We've never really seen something like this. And I, I think he'll have a relatively successful pro career, mm -hmm. but this month is the last opportunity to see his skill set in an environment where it is most appreciate it right and where it plays Agreed. the best and so please watch enrique bradfield jr while we still have the chance in college baseball two Great three call. matchup here i'll kind of fly through it a bit mm -hmm. the oregon ducks won the pac-12 tournament kind of an up and down year for the quack quack quacks but they uh, outlasted arizona in the final of the pac-12 tourney their best player is sabine ceballos who has a, he's had a pretty interesting journey uh he was like a decently heralded draft guy coming out of Puerto Rico in high school. And then he ended up at a Juco and now he's at Oregon uh, and they'll be taking on the number three seed Xavier Musketeers who would have probably been bubble out if they had not won the Big East tournament upsetting UConn, but they did that and that's fine. They have a guy named Brand Alzaus with just like a hundred innings, eight walks and a hundred innings. So he will not give away free passes. If you are looking for them, sorry if I spent too little time on these two teams, but Hey everyone, we're going to take a quick break from our discussion to hear a couple ads from our sponsors. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Let's move on to the Stillwater Regional. Not rolling water, not rough water. That water is boring like a, like a calm lake. Number one seed Oklahoma State Cowboys, the four seed Oral Roberts Golden Eagles, Dallas Baptists, and Washington Huskies as the two three. I will kick it to you, Jordan. Tell me about Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts, uh, I believe coming in with the longest winning streak in the country above Clemson. I think they've won like 18 or 19 in a row. 
as the summit champs, uh, huge record. Oral Roberts has been dominating that league for a while now, and they have some. I think quietly one of the one of the better hitters in the country. Jonah Cox has been unbelievable for them. Blaze Brothers, another really impressive hitter, and then Kate Denton, one of the better relievers you will see in the uh, in this entire. Uh, tournament. If he comes in, if they somehow have a lead, whether it is against Oklahoma State or in the second uh, in the second game, elimination game, whatever, Cade Denton is no joke. Uh, they play really good defense. I think they're I think they're frisky. Like Oklahoma State is no sure thing on the mound. If they can get some good starting pitching, maybe I, it would be hard. But I think they will be comfortable. They're not playing too far from home. I'm sure that fan base will show out as well. Uh, but Stillwater, of course, was the site of one of the craziest regionals we've ever seen last year. Curious how offensive it gets this year. Oklahoma State this time not coming in with quite as much star power on the offensive side, but still guys like Rock Reggio, who we all know and love. Uh, guys like Nolan McClain, who just came back and pitched really well. Um, Nolan Schubart, who has, has been amazing as a freshman. Um, who are some of the – I know you – I mean, Rock Riggio is, is certainly uh, the guy. Uh, and jo- oh, Yeah, go ahead, Jake. Yeah, I just want to say, like, Rock Riggio, if a blonde mullet was a person, it would be Rock Riggio, <laughs> which is appropriate because he has a blonde mullet. Yes. Go ahead, Steve. It, it, it's very on brand. He just plays with so much energy. He doesn't care what people think about him or what people say about him, which I just really like about him. So I, I'm all in on him. And at Oral Roberts, we got Jonah Cox, and I'm just so excited to watch this kid. Someone, uh, when I tweeted about the fact that he reached or got a hit in 54 of 55 games last or throughout the regular season, someone said, well, he's 25. What do you expect him to do? How many other 25-year-olds got hits in 54 or 55 games this season? Because there's probably some. And I looked at who sent the response, and they were a fan of a team which had multiple older guys. And I was just like, huh, just shut up. Just shut up. That was stupid. Steve. I'll say it. You, you, you're, you're right. And also Jonah Cox mm-hmm. is 21. And so don't, don't listen to people on Twitter. Yeah, I don't even think he's 25. <laughs> I was like, so it's no, like okay. no, let's let's not be making up shit about listen. You just assume players are older. Like, no, dude's awesome. He's yeah. going to get drafted. This yeah, year. no, like I, I know he's older. It was just the thought or I know he's not as old as the person was saying. I was just saying because there are 25 year olds on the lineup that they were a fan of. of. And I was That's like, college baseball. These people didn't. Sorry, like, I mean, how are we gonna? I I agree that like you can say that about maybe some other players, but you can't say it about Jonah Cox. So that is yeah, uh, he balls out. Stupid. The one thing, the other thing on Oklahoma State is. I think Jerron Rots Brown is awesome. He has 117 strikeouts and 78 innings this year. He, I mean, the ERA hasn't been great. He doesn't always look dominant, but I think the stuff is there. Like the numbers are so much better than I think. Uh, really how he's looked, I, I which is, it sounds weird to say, but I'm a believer in him. I, I would still draft him super high, and I think he's capable of, of really beating anybody. So, I mean, he's capable of, you know, having a clunk or two, but I believe in him for sure. The 2-3 matchup here, Dallas Baptist Patriots in the field for the ninth straight year, which I believe is the fifth longest streak of any team in this field, which is, which is kind of wild to say that Dallas Baptist is that team, but here they are. Um, they did lose the Conference USA ter- tournament title game, uh, so probably bumped uh, bumped the bubble a little bit, but they're awesome. They're DBU. They belong here as always. Um, Ethan Mann, Grant J, Nathan Humphreys, 
have fantastic offensive numbers. I mean, if there is a team that can probably bop a bunch of home runs in Stillwater over, over the regional, is des- definitely Dallas Baptist. What I'm, but on the mound is where where they're really impressive. Ryan Johnson, one of the better sophomore arms in the country, has been fantastic. And then they have, I, I think this guy's like 23 or 24, but Kyle Ament has insane numbers out of the bullpen for them. Um, but Jake, did you have anything on the uh, on the Patriots? Yeah, when we talk about like the most decorated programs to never reach Omaha, mm-hmm. it is East Carolina and it is Dallas Baptist. Mm-hmm. And then there is a gap. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a really stacked, difficult regional. Oral Roberts is a frisky four. Mm-hmm. But these three bats, Man, Jay and Humphreys in this park, I mean, we could see some absolute monster shots. Yeah, from I the think Dallas we will. Baptist Patriots. I think we will. Kyle Amen, 49 strikeouts in 24 innings. <laughs> with 12 saves which is completely nuts so they have the arms to do it this this is this it maybe they haven't gotten quite as much attention this year but i think they deserve it i think that they have a great chance to come out of this regional they'll be taking on the washington huskies out of the pack 12 uh will simpson one of their best players gave us one of the dumbest moments of the season when he was what ejected <laughs> and suspended for like barely bat flipping relative to what bat flips are in 2023 um, but he is, uh, he's really good and he'll be playing in this regional and he can hit it really far in Stillwater also, which is important. So I like, I like Washington. Steve, what yeah, you I'm got ex- on I'm excited. my favorite thing about my favorite thing about the Huskies. They've only sack bunted twice the entire season. So Jason Kelly, head coach, we salute you. Uh, <laughs> and I hope you don't, I was, I was going to say, I, I really like that about the Huskies, but what I like about Dallas Baptist is the fact that they just find ways to piece together wins. Like they can win through hitting the long ball one day and the next game they can win by playing small ball. Like they, they find a lot of different ways to win. Obviously, you know, the conference tournament loss was a bit of a surprise to a lot of people. And this is the first time that the conference USA has had two teams make it to the postseason. So it's really interesting. It's also Jordan. Did you say this was their first year? In, in conference USA they had been in Missouri so Valley. it's interesting so, that yeah. they, they just come in start making a difference immediately for the conference I'm sure the conference is happy about the return of investment on this one yep I agree uh, and yeah but I, I, I like UW Kiefer Lord and Stu Fleslin have been really good at the top of their rotation Simpson 18 homers Cam Clayton he's a really fun draft guy 20 doubles 10 homers for him um, so yeah I, I think UW this is, this is a pretty balanced regional I could really see I mean, Oral Roberts would really have to shock the world, but like I could totally see Washington. I could totally see DBU coming out of this because Oklahoma State has just been a little, a little shaky, I would say. All right, we have two regionals left, boys. We head to Terre Haute, just two and a half hours west of me in Richmond, Indiana. We have the Indiana State Sycamores, the 14 overall seed, the RPI Heroes team that does challenge themselves out of uh, the uh Missouri Valley Conference that they just won once again as they are a regular in the postseason. And the thing you need to know about them, they, they don't fuck up. They play amazing defense. They have the best feeling percentage in the country. Very, very, very deep bullpen. Um, they don't hit it. They only, their pitchers, great control. They throw strikes. They have enough old guys in the lineup like Mike Sears, who has 19 home runs and also 90 strikeouts, which is amazing. Uh, very no- <laughs> Go big or go yeah. home. So he's swinging hard. We love to see that. And yeah, the Sycamores earned it. Um, and we will see if they can really show themselves against some interesting teams in this regional. The four-seed Wright State, the two-seed Iowa Hawkeyes, and the three-seed North Carolina Tar Heels. Go ahead, Jake. The Wright State Raiders are dangerous. They won the Horizon League title 
center fielder Andrew Patrick, probably the best athlete in the Horizon League, 38 extra base hits for him. But the thing to remember about Wright State is like they're here all the time. Okay, they are a perpetual uh, presence in the regional. They were the team that Drew Gilbert had to hit the walk off grand slam against the bat flip that kind of in some ways launched this era of Tennessee baseball. That only happened because Wright State was beating them with one out to go in the ninth inning of a regional. Right. And they deserve some credit for being in that spot. But Steve, is this the team where everyone you on the mm. team has te- the like a right state tattoo? Yeah, right or gang, baby. Um, I've played with probably three different guys who played at right state. All three had a right state tattoo, which leads me to believe everybody who's ever played baseball thought about playing baseball at right state probably has a tattoo yeah, that's of the Raider gang logo, which I think is badass. Yeah. They're, I mean, listen, they've been dominating the Horizon League, and uh, maybe they will necessitate uh, some Indiana State heroics in the same way. Definitely the definition of a frisky four, especially with head coach Alex Sogard, brother of Eric, face of MLB, at the helm. All right, we move to the 2-3 matchup, the Iowa Hawkeyes. We saw them earlier this year at Round Rock. We were very impressed with the Hawkeyes. And what do you need to know about them? They can freaking pitch it. Brody Brecht, holy shit. No more football for him. Thank God he's on the mound. He will be throwing ridiculously hard with one of the best sliders you've ever seen. Does he sometimes have no idea where it's going? Sure, but that's fine. Still makes for great television. Him, Ty Langenberg, and Marcus Morgan make up one of the best rotations in all of the land, and Brody Brecht can beat anybody. Weird thing going on with Iowa is that one of their best players, Keaton Anthony, has not played for a while as they are under some strange gambling investigations. I don't think Keaton Anthony did anything wrong, but the problem is he has not been playing, and that is a problem. Braden Frazier has really stepped up in his absence and has been very good in the outfield field for Iowa. We saw him make an amazing play in Round Rock that I remember quite well. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be all about the pitching for them. Maybe Blake Garam will get a pinch hit at bat and hit a home run and make Steve really happy. Uh, they do still have some other really good hitters. Brennan DeRiggi, of course, uh, at the top of that list. Kyle Huxdorf, he's been really good as well. So they can still, you know, make a little run here, but I would like to see Keaton Anthony back on the ball field. That would make me happy. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I remember at Round Rock, Zach Volker mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. shoved. I don't know what he's done since yeah. then. It looks like he hasn't had the greatest season, but we know he has it in him because we saw it with our own two yep. eyes. So I'm excited. Hopefully he'll piece it back together in the regional. Really good, really good pitching staff. North Carolina Tar Heels out of the ACC. Uh, we already got some terrible news here uh, from UNC, which is Advanced Honeycutt will not be playing this weekend due to a a back injury, I believe, which is super unfortunate because he is the definition of appointment viewing. Um, now, they're still here for oh. reason, Vance Honey. They're not a one-man team, but as far as guys that I am excited to watch on that team, he is certainly the top of the list. Uh, so did you see them at all? Any experience with them at the ACC tournament, Steve? Yeah, they were good. Um, I didn't get to meet any of them. I met like a few of their like, sports information people, and they were all super awesome people. Um, I believe... I thought Vance was going to be back for this, but he's not. Um, from what I had heard, it was like a hamstring oh, issue. Okay. So, yeah, but I mean, it could have been a hamstring issue turned into something if you heard something. Yeah, I just know he's not playing this weekend. But, so, but yeah, it just stinks because he's so yep. good at playing the outfield and he's so fun to watch. But Mac Horvath, fortunately, will be bringing some entertainment over at third yep. base and, of course, with his bat because that kid can. Yeah, twenty-two homers. Uh, 1100 OPS. He's been amazing. Guy that could have signed last year 
in the pro ball, decided to come back, have a huge season. Their catcher, uh, Thomas Frick, also has been fantastic. So mm-hmm. it's still a good team. Um, but I like Iowa here. I like I, if Iowa can, uh, I, I would like to see Iowa make a run. There's also pretty balanced here. Indiana State, respectfully, probably decently vulnerable. All right. Let us move on to our final regional, final regional. We're keep we, we all right. Well, we we didn't keep it under ninety minutes, but we're definitely going to keep it under two hours. We head down to Fayetteville for the number three overall seed, the Arkansas Razorbacks. Woo Pig Suey. We are at the end of the podcast. Jake Mintz, what you got on the Razorbacks? Start us off. The Razorbacks are the number three seed. They have a lineup full of transfers who have been phenomenal all year. This team, remember, they went to Omaha last year when a lot of people didn't expect them to. They were the best team in the country in 2021, didn't get there. 2022, go to Omaha, reach the final of their bracket against Ole Miss, the eventual champion, fall a little bit short, and they lose a lot of guys from that team. You know, not a whole lot of returners. Hagan Smith is back. Brady Slavens is back. But they have a lot of guys who've stepped up. Jace Borofin, Jared Wegner, and um, uh, what's the guy? Uh, J- J- Josenberger, Tavion mm, Josenberger. Tavion, yep, yep. You know they've they came from other schools and they've been phenomenal for Arkansas. They're they've been you know they're consistent. Like they're they're I wouldn't call them spectacular, but you know whenever there's a regional in Fayetteville, it's going to be must see TV. And the Razorbacks are no doubt one of the best teams in the country. Yeah, to me they're less <clears throat> a less famous version of Florida. I've just kind of cruised along, and uh, number three overall seed is no small feat. So they are, and I love Jace Borfin, so I'm in. And they'll be taking. Yeah, I'm on. also excited to watch. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say I'm excited to watch Kendall Diggs too. Very good ball player. Agreed. Want to make sure he gets his name said. Agreed. They'll they'll be taking on the number four seed Santa Clara Broncos, who at 35 and 18 won the West Coast Conference for the first time since 1997. Steve, back then it was socially acceptable for you to poop yourself because you were only like one year old. Now you can't do that anymore. Things have changed. I I I, I do people think I'm goofy and silly when I do it now. So okay. sometimes I can get away with it. Sometimes that's important to note. Best player, probably either Efrian Manzo or Robert Hipwell. Both of them have a lot of home runs. Really impressive bullpen. Really underwhelming rotation. I think they will be very in over their heads. Like, th- with all due respect to Santa Clara, like, I think this is the one where, like, you turn it on and Arkansas is up like 8 0 in the second. Like, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Oh, I'll watch something else. I agree. I agree. They do. Yeah, like you said, Skylar Hale is a really good reliever. Um, we will see uh, <laughs> if they can keep up. On offense, but Broncos, uh, maybe Broncos versus Bronx in Omaha? Probably not. The 2 3 matchup, the TCU Horned Frogs against the Arizona Wildcats. TCU Horned Frogs really wouldn't think about them much this year. And then they go on a run, they win the Big 12 tournament. And uh, we're like, oh shit, there's TCU. Okay, how about that? Uh, Braden Taylor, a guy who had huge, huge, huge expectations for coming into the season, was merely very good, but that has more to do with how high we were uh, really expecting him to to climb this year as a possible top 10 overall pick. Now he's more of probably a back half of the first round, but he's still been fantastic. Cole Fontenelle, an interesting interesting transfer. He's been very good for them as well. And then on the mound, Cam Brown uh, has been uh, much better, I would say, as of late. Luke Savage, of course, we know one of the better relievers in in the Big 12. He Really was big for them down the stretch as well. Um, but yeah, TC, I mean, I, you know, if you can win the big, big 12 tournament, you're probably pretty good. But I, I just haven't given them much thought this year. 
Yeah, and I I, I want to talk about Luke Savage because there's very there's to be liked by me is very simple. Either hit cool home runs, throw cool baseballs, or just be a really good dude. Luke Savage donates cleats to the to the underprivileged, the people who need it. And so I'm I I have to mention that every time because that's such a good thing that he does and like I feel like at least once a month I see him donating just a giant box of cleats to different baseball programs, which is really cool. So just wanted to throw that in there. And he's good at baseball, too. So, Alrighty, the three seed will be the Arizona Wildcats, the last team we're going to talk about, which is appropriate because they were almost certainly the last team into the field. I will say I am happy they got in because I think they're pretty entertaining and fun to think about and fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Chase Davis led the Pac-12 in home runs, made a lot of money for himself the last two months, likely first round pick. TJ Nichols, not as uplifting as a pitcher for them, but they have a lot of really interesting things in the lineup. Nick McClotry is like a great example of a gritty, grindery college baseball player. He's the heart and soul of that team. Uh, he'll carry them. Emotionally, but Kiko Romero, who is a junior college transfer in the middle of that order, he is a fearsome presence, just like a 5'11 tank. Um, I'm really excited to see this team compete. Tony Bullard's been there a long time. Arizona is an interesting club, and I hope they show up and they make things happen. Yeah, I think they could definitely make some noise. Yeah, Romero got, I mean, he's got 86 RBIs, which is crazy. Um, and yeah, Nichols, it's weird. Like I remember, remember how the season began was I was in Phoenix watching TJ Nichols against Chase Dolander and Nichols was like better. Um, but now he's got an ERA over eight. So I don't really know what to make of that. So definitely not super thrilled about what they have on the mound. But I think this will be one of the more fun lineups to watch in the entire tournament. Chase Davis is fantastic. He's totally going to hit one off that building in right field that they have um, in Arkansas. I can oh, I can see it now. Love it. I can see it now. Uh, all right. Hey, I also want to mention yeah. about Kiko oh, yeah, Romero. One thing I, I love, he set the single season or tied the single season RBI record in the Pac-12 tournament and did it with a like pure inside the park home run, like just a solo shot. It was sick. So. Just want to end on that. Uh, Indeed, indeed, indeed. All right, we did. We talked about all 64 teams. That's pretty cool. Thank you all for listening to the Shock Factor this regular season. We will continue to churn out uh, content to the best of our ability. And we'll see you in Omaha. That's going to happen. We'll be in Omaha for the first couple of days. Very much looking forward to that. That will be a delight. But a lot of games to be played until then. And good luck to the 64 teams and good luck to the people sleeping in the Lexington, Kentucky dorms. But enjoy all the action this weekend. Support D1Baseball.com. Get a subscription. Follow all the relevant people. And uh, Steve, close us out. Wow. If you're still here, I love you. (laughs) This was a long one. You stuck out the marathon, the bloodbath. This was a this was a thirty to nothing in the fifth game, and and you're here. I love you. Just know that. Highway to Hoover podcast is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.
Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.